A common management phrase is push responsibility down, give people autonomy. Thing is, if they don't have the authority equal to their responsibility, then that drives disengagement. We, we want to push down responsibility, but if we're going to do that, we've also got to push down authority. So if you're not ready to push down authority, don't push down the responsibility. If you're not ready for crew leaders to run jobs however they want to run them, right? then that's the field supervisor level. This field level two is the checklist. Hey everyone, welcome back to another great episode of Out of the Hourglass. My name is Molly Nolan and I am back today as your host, joined by Andrew Amrine, Director of Finance and Senior Business Coach at Nolan Consulting Group. Today's discussion is a follow-up to our Levels of Work series, a four-part episode series focused on understanding the time span and capabilities of tasks in our working environment. We dived deep into each level and are now back to revisit the concept in its relation to role clarity. We're highlighting the importance of distinction between tasks and responsibilities at different levels and how people thrive off clarity of vision and function. Of course, we always recommend starting at the foundational knowledge if this is a new concept or looking for a refresh. You can find the Levels of Work series levels one through four in our prior podcast episode library. Out of the Hourglass is a podcast channel dedicated to helping small business owners and contractors visualize their goals, develop high-performing teams, and build sustainable growth. It's time to get out of the hourglass. All right, welcome back to another episode of Out of the Hourglass. I am here with Andrew Amrime back for another Levels of Work discussion. It's been actually a year since we kicked off the Levels of Work series from January 2020. Hey, Maul. How are you? Thanks for having me back. We've, we've gotten together for other reasons, but it's good to circle back on this one. Absolutely. Especially, I know that you particularly enjoy uh, this this type of discussion and this concept. We, back in Talking about it for days on end. <laughs> days and days and days, years at this point. Uh, But in January 2020, we kicked off a level of work series. Actually, January 20th, uh, 2020, if you're looking for that exact episode. But we talked about levels of work, level one. And for about a couple of months, we um, hit a few more of those episodes, each one focusing on another level. And then we rounded out with a bonus episode. And Catherine Freeman also participated in that that series. So we can't be uh, forgetting about her. But we want to come back to it. You know, a year later, it still remains to be an important concept as we think about our teams, looking at the our, our org charts, especially we're entering in another year, looking at growth. Why does this continue to be so important to you, Andrew? Oh, yeah. I mean, for me, it, it's the universal question of what makes one role different from another. Why, why, is, why is one person's skill or one role's skill so very different from another? Why is it that People can succeed in one type of work and, and then not at other types. So the many people in the audience have heard of the Peter principle, you get promoted until you're, until you're fired mm. or promoted, get promoted until you fail, you know, oh man, you know, Bill, boy, Bill's great. You know, he, he brings the, the best uh, potato salad to the company picnic every year <laughs> and he, he just got, and boy, he just got promoted to supervisor. This is going to be great. And three months later, Bill's gone. Like, why, why is that? Why, right. why do, why do people fail? So there must be something different about the work. And so of course, this is where Elliot Jacks, 
comes in. The technical name is stratified systems theory. So if you, if, if the audience, if you're, if you're looking up in the mood to look this stuff up, you can look up stratified systems theory, SST for organizational development, affectionately called levels of work, which is what it primarily resulted in. But, but the question that was asked is, you know, why, why is it people fail? Why do I have great people? And then all of a sudden they're in the wrong role. What's different? Why? What's different about the role? These are smart people. They, they're like, what, what is it about the role? Especially at a time where we're trying so hard to keep the people that we have. And so we want the people that, you know, are, are succeeding now to continue to succeed. We want to give them new responsibility, give them new opportunity. We don't want to set them up to fail. So being, yeah. we have to be very aware of what we're asking them to do and what the people we have on our teams are capable of. So one way of looking at that, not, not the only way, but one way of looking at that through this lens would be to say that we have a tendency to push responsibility one level too low away from authority. What do I mean by that? Yeah. What so, do you mean by that? Yeah. Okay. So I'm, I want, I'm, I'm a field supervisor and I want foreman or I'm a, I'm a, I'm a field manager and I want the foreman or the, the site supervisor to be responsible for something um, outside of their time span. What do I mean by that? So I, I don't want to go over time span again. I would, I would invite the audience to go back and listen to the recordings, but you know, for, for type one, level one work, actually doing the work of the organization, the level of complexity in our world and the construction trades, the level of complexity dictates that really a, a person is only going to be able to manage the next day or two. So, I mean, think of building a house, you know, and the site super who's in charge of building the house with subcontractors there. I mean, that level of complexity, a, a paint contractor, a roofer, you know, it's your, there's a lot of things going on at one time. There's safety, there's materials, there's sequencing the work. Right. You know, so I'm, I'm going to be able to manage today and tomorrow. All right. So pre-job walks might not happen. Something, something going on next week. While I, I do have talented people and I'm asking the foreman to take on these responsibilities, it's probably not going to get done. It's my goal as the, as the level two the, the field supervisor to make sure that work is getting done right, that I'm setting up the work. So think of NASCAR, uh, prepping the car, the, the cars come in for the pit stop. So think of a job, a job comes in for a pit stop. We get it ready. I got everything ready, everything set up for the crews to start next week. And I hand over the job to the crew and then they can handle today and tomorrow. So, Getting the job set up properly, that's my goal as the site supervisor, the level two. That's not the, 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 the foreman's job and the, and the carpenter's jobs are to show up and work hard. Show up, work hard, follow the plan. If you're ahead of schedule, let me know. If you're behind schedule, let me know. It's, it's my goal, the so job that, set up properly. This might be leading us right into the exact purpose that we're here today, but is that 
is that error of pushing that responsibility, maybe one level too low, come about from a lack of communication, expectations, oh, role, role clarity yeah. of what yep. the foreman's job is versus right. the field manager's job is. So now let's get clear on roles, right? Let's so now let's use roles. levels of work. So we're, we're circling back as, as a way of coming back to, you know, for the audience, what have you done over the last year in clarifying roles? Um, does that, is, is everyone clear on their role specifically? And this really, this is the part where I love, love, love levels of work and stratified systems theory. Hierarchy and structure in an organization exists to bring value. Command and control may at times be part of that value. But hierarchy does not exist for command and control, which is the temptation. Ooh, I'm the boss now. I get to boss people around. I, you know, level two is keeps coming up because that's the biggest need right now. But over the last year, I've had field supervisors that level two role overseeing the work of the work. I've had new uh, level two field supervisors come in and they don't earn the respect to the team. They're just immediately, I'm the boss. I'm here for command and control. I boss people around and it fails miserably. Doesn't go over very well. Right. The, the purpose of hierarchy and structure in an organization is to bring value, is to make us profitable. So the right question is not, not first who does what, it's what value does this role bring? What function does level two play? Level one or type one work is doing the work of the organization, framing closets, that proverbial closet. Level two, making sure the work gets done right. Right crew, right job, right materials, right people, right process. Level three, creating the systems by which we work. So level a mark of being at level two is using checklists going around, make, making sure the checklists are done. All right. Well, if I'm using the checklist, I'm, I'm probably not going to be the person that created it. Who creates the checklists? That's level three, mm. creating the checklists so that all the jobs are being done the same way. All the field supervisors have the same checklist. All the crews are working towards the same checklist and we're providing a consistent product. That's level three. So what value does the role bring? And I, I think that change in mindset, at least for me, when I really started getting into this probably five years ago, it was like, boom, I love this. We, what's Because I want to know what value do I bring right. personally, you know? And I think it's important that we, we clarify and we mention this um, because something that I needed to remember as we talked about the series last year is that one individual can have a variety of level tasks. A level three person, you know, someone who's doing level three work, I will at times also do level one work. Um, in a small organization, absolutely. Yes. In a, in a multinational corporation, maybe not. Maybe not. But in the small business world, yes, it, it's always about the work, not the person. It, it would be very wrong to say you're a level one person. That, that right. would be wrong on a lot of levels. The work is the focus. The work you're doing right now is level one, level two, level three. It's always about the work. 
which is why I think role clarity is so important because it's not about the person. We want the person to succeed. In order to do that, we need to be clarifying what is exactly the role that they are that they are there to do mm-hmm. to fulfill to bring value to the organization. Yeah, role, you know, role a clarity common, is about value. A common management phrase is push responsibility down. Push, you know, push push responsibility down. Give people autonomy. Thing is, if if they don't have authority, Jared, I'll steal this from Jared Baez from Common Good um, Family Business. If they don't have the authority equal to their responsibility, then that drives disengagement. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we we want to push down responsibility, but if we're going to do that, we've also got to push down authority. So if you're not ready to push down authority, don't push down the responsibility. That's really if you're not ready thing. for crew leaders to run jobs however they want to run them. Right. Then that's the field supervisor level. This field level two is the checklist. Right. And you can't delegate it and then take it back on a whim when you feel like it too. You completely lost any trust um, that that folk, that that person can do their job. Mm-hmm. For the new, the new employee, I think we're getting into better interviewing. Better interviewing is about collecting more information. Better interviewing is also about matching, not necessarily qualifying. So I, Qualifying, if, if we mean by matching. So in other words, the tendency is to talk to somebody for 10 minutes and decide, okay, I like this guy is hired or gal, they're hired. Mm-hmm. Matching, better interviewing is about understanding at least 10 different areas in a role that are needed and then matching candidates to those needs. Now, I'm, I might, maybe I, I interview three candidates and one matches eight and one matches seven, but maybe I picked the seven because of other reasons. So better interviewing is about knowing what I'm getting. I, I knew what I was hiring. I knew that this person wasn't a match, but they had a certain experience that I wanted. And I think we can train the other stuff. So better interviewing is about better matching and better information, knowing what I'm getting. Um, so in the larger picture of role clarity and kind of how it relates back to the organization and the culture of the organization itself, how do you, how do you pair this together? So I, I think something I find myself coming back to regularly. So where our experience now starts to connect with the why of levels of work, like why, why does this work for us? So certainly a phrase I, I find myself saying in the absence of systems, people are stupid. I know that maybe kind of an uncomfortable phrase, but yeah, dive into that a little bit more because it can come across a little harsh, but there's context to it. Yeah. So I, this time of year, we're doing a lot of business planning, and so um, the business plan and maybe some some bigger ideas start coming into play. One of them is core purpose. We we do a lot of work defining core purpose. Okay, what's core purpose? Core purpose is the company's impact on customers' lives. What most people write for core purpose is quality, dependability, craftsmanship. Okay, my question is, so if you do those things, what does the customer get? Why, why does the customer care that you're a craftsman? What like, okay, what do I get because you're those things? The most common response to that, which is, which is actually the core purpose, is confidence, trust, convenience. Okay, so what, 
the emotional impact on the customer, um, convenience, trust. Um, all right, walk. Let's fast forward a little bit. Hey, Johnny, come on over here. I'd like to talk to you. Talk to you about your experience a little bit. Come on over. Let's let's uh, stand over here and and talk. And so, yeah, I you remember us talking about our core purpose, you know, a little bit, and how we we promise customers that they can trust us, that we're convenient, that we are they they can have confidence in us. You see. So when you when you when you show up late, you see the, we, that hurt, that hurts our ability to build confidence. So and and they don't trust us. See, so so when so what I need you to do is I need to talk to you about choosing to show up on time. Can you can we talk about that? Because when you show up late, they don't trust us, and so we've promised the customer that they can trust us. Okay, out of role play. <laughs> so Johnny now has a choice. In the absence of core purpose, Johnny is stupid. In other words, good people show up on time, bad people show up late, Johnny shows up late, Johnny's a bad person, ergo, he's stupid, I'm firing you. Or, like levels of work, I can define a system, our system is our core, in this context, is our core purpose, and I can help Johnny make a choice. You see, we make a promise. Johnny, you're really smart. I mean, I, you know, I, you read a lot of books, I know we, we talk about it, but see, you're not choosing to show up on time. And I, I think your last job, maybe they didn't care so much about you choosing to show up on time. But you see here, we make a promise and I need you to show up on time. And that's our system. You're smart. I just need to make a different choice. Can you do that for me? Last time I checked, that's a much healthier conversation. Oh, yeah. And Johnny, what's your problem? Why do you keep showing up late? Why are you so stupid? I mean, that's what we're saying. We may not say the word stupid, but our body language right. says you moron, you're a horrible person. Why do you treat me this way? And think about the immediate response you're going to get from Johnny. It's going to be defensive. It could be emotional. Yeah. Let's provide context back to the core purpose of why Don't we're you know having how the hard I work? If, if you knew how hard I worked, you wouldn't show up late. Like that's, that's the conversation we have. Yeah. I don't like you because you're making my job harder. If you knew how hard I worked, you wouldn't show up late. Well, Last time I checked, you work hard because of your choice, not Johnny's. What we need from Johnny is, to, is for Johnny to know Johnny's work and for Johnny to know of the promise we make and that at his level of work, at every level of work, showing up on time is important, but the context of his work is X. And so I, I, now I can, I can talk to level one and say, hey, listen, your, your focus is following the systems, show up on time, work hard. The goal is to bring jobs in on time. Field supervisors are making sure the work gets done right. Heading up, solving problems before they happen. So in the, this is another system where people can be smart. Doesn't, you know, people can be smart in all kinds of different ways, but we can give them a choice. I, I need you to choose these behaviors. So role clarity um, you're, in your mind or what you're saying here is about creating systems that allow people to choose the behaviors that they, that they need to show up with. Right. We can be clear about what's expected mm -hmm. and say, yeah, I don't think I don't, hmm, now I understand why this position isn't working. Similarly, this is also how we can figure out why the best craftsman doesn't always make the best foreman and the, the best craftsman doesn't always make the best field supervisor because what made them great as a craftsman 
isn't the same skill that makes them great at being a field supervisor. And it isn't the skill that makes them great at being a manager, a level three manager. So it, it, just because I'm good at one level doesn't mean I'm going to be good at another. So I need, to, I need to take the role that I'm looking for and the skills, that are ne- skills and behaviors that are needed in that role and then look across my entire organization. And yes, it is possible. Mm-hmm. You may have an apprentice that would make a really great field supervisor. That'd be rare, but it is possible because maybe the only reason they're an apprentice is because they spent 10 years working at Walgreens managing people and now they just need to learn the skill. And once they learn the skill, they're going to make a great field supervisor. The one thing that I really pulled from there is, you know, it is the the critical importance of understanding if you are the hiring manager that you you yourself fully understand what this role entails and every expectation and behavior and goal you're looking for. That this isn't just you're just throwing out an ad for a foreman but there's no real mm. definition as to what that is, you know, just show up. I mean, you really yeah, so need to dial in as to what you're looking for. So the, the method for doing that and what you're, what you're getting at there is what, what are the results? What results happen when this job is done? Well, we, we start with tasks and that's reasonable. What are, what are the tasks that I want this role to do? Okay. That's great, but we can't stop there. We got to move to, if these tasks are done well, what then are the results? Uh, jobs are teed up properly for crew leaders. Problems don't happen because we solve them already. We have a consistent product, right? Mm-hmm. So now, now once I'm clear about the results that this role is starting to achieve, everything changes. I can give people autonomy over their tasks. I can interview better and find out not just that um, somebody knows how to do something, but they've they've achieved a result with it that I'm looking for. Um, and one question I, I had here too is, how do job titles relate to this? I mean, we think we have all the roles mm-hmm. figured out, general manager, manager, coordinator, re- you know, their director, they're and we, I can see this across the board when you look at any job openings um, or job well, descriptions. Overtitled, right? but what? But oh, yeah. what? What means terrible. coordinator here doesn't mean coordinator there. Director here means something completely different in another organization. So it's really important to understand that the title that you're putting on onto this role um, fits and it matches to the time span that's connected to this particular role. Right? Yeah, I mean, stop paying people in titles. You know, be straightforward with titles. Inside operations coordinator, level two. Level two is the level of coordination. Um, inside operations manager. You know, if, if somebody can't hire and fire, that's not the only requirement. But if somebody can't hire and fire, you probably don't want to call them a manager yet. So field supervisor versus field manager. So within, I'm getting real technical here, but within each level, I would define three sub-levels. So you, you can be, there are variations within the level. It's not this one thing and done system. That's not, mm-hmm. that's not reality. There are, there, there are, there's space within each level to move around. There's room in the sandbox to play. 
so to speak. Um, but sure, be straightforward with your titles. Don't pay yeah. people in titles. Pay people in results. Pay people in show and being clear about the results we're looking for. And I, I mean, I've seen that be so much more powerful, sitting down and saying, how are we going to achieve this result? And now, you, now you're, instead of insisting that something get done a certain way, which sometimes that's appropriate, but a lot of times it's not. The goal is to achieve this result. How do we do that? There's, there's room in the sandbox to play, to do things. People are different, to do some things their own way, to make some choices. All right, Andrew, pull it all together for us. Just you know, role yeah. clarity, levels of work, the importance of it all, especially as companies are looking at their teams, looking at you mm-hmm. know hiring, and are like, how do I even how do I even approach this? Give me yeah. some context. Yeah, so I, I I can't help but recommend Tom Foster's blog, managementblog.org. It's a, I read it all the time. He's very focused on stratified systems theory and levels of work. Um, and so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna borrow from him because he says it really well. Um, but the goal here is context changes behavior. Not bonuses, not pay, not money. That's the hardest way. In other words, that will take you the longest amount of time to use pay to change behavior. So what do I mean by that? So in, a, in an organization, context is culture. All right. So jumping up and down and hooting and hollering. Sounds Pretty fun. Good. Sounds fun, <laughs> right? At an Eagles game. Sure. If you're a Cowboys fan, maybe different. But if you're an Eagles fan, jumping up and down and yelling and screaming, it's awesome. Okay, jumping up and down and yelling and screaming at a funeral. You shouldn't be there. Uh, not. Okay, so would, would you yell and scream at a funeral? I mean, I personally wouldn't, Andrew. Did you need a PFP? To tell you not no. to yell and scream at a funeral? I, I didn't. I did not need one. Okay. So what changed then? It's the context of where we're at. It's a situation. You know, funeral versus an Eagles game, They different behaviors are exuded at different points in time. Social cues, the mm-hmm. situation, all, all different words for context. The context of the situation changes. It's called reading the room. <laughs> yeah. So there's there's an element of emotional intelligence. There's mm-hmm. an element of social intelligence. There's just experience, wisdom, that every everybody has wisdom. Um, so if goals in your organization aren't being achieved, okay, well, the first question to ask is what behaviors from leaders are conflicting with the goals? What's different about the context? What's happening in the context of this situation that's preventing us from hitting their goals? In other words, personality isn't everything. My team is lazy. You know what? You know what? Honestly, the team is lazy. The only thing that motivates people is money, which is a myth. People only do what they're forced to do, which is a myth. People won't work unless they have to. That's a myth. Laziness is a personality trait. I, I can only motivate them with money is the easy way out. That is the tempting, simple, easy way out so that I don't have to get emotionally involved. If you, well, cared like how pointing, much, if you a, knew how, how hard I work, mm-hmm. you wouldn't show up late, right? That, that's the argument. 
Yeah. I mean, it's pointing blame as opposed to assessing your own responsibility to set the tone. PFP will not fix culture. In fact, it, it'll destroy it. In, in a, if the context is not right, so in this case, culture, but if the context, if the situation across your company is not right, employees will view PFP in a negative light. In other words, yeah, take your PFP and give it to somebody else. This is just another way for you not to pay me what you ought to be paying me in the first place. So you can take your PFP. Um, to wit, many people, we've helped many people implement levels of work and go down this road and really get clear to the extent that this year I had someone tell me that they have completely eliminated asking for raises from the field. They don't get approached by anybody. Wow. Because they've gotten ahead of it. They've used levels of work. They've created training. And now they're, now they're going out and telling people before they get disgruntled enough to come to them, they're getting ahead of it. And they have, they have not had people ask them for raises. They've gotten ahead of it. And that levels of work, creating clear roles. And so levels of work, you know, I would, I would start it in the 60s. So how many years is that? This, we're now on, going on 60 years of research, observing organizational behavior that reinforce these levels. Believe it. Trust them. Yeah. I see it all the time. It, it took it. You know, I, I had some questions about it at first, but I it's like the Matrix. Once you see it, you can't unsee it. And it it's true. It's observable. And I think we've learned that we, you know, a lot has changed in the last 60 years um, and we've had to change with it. And so we, we can no longer operate in, in a in a way as to which we don't change. We're we're forced to adapt to the hiring environment and building our teams and what we and the vision of your team and where you want it to go. And with a new vision for your team requires a new way of doing things. Clarity has never been more important. Mm -hmm. um, clarity in the sense of what are the results I'm trying to achieve here? Tasks are unlimited. I could write a 500 page book about the tasks a level two field supervisor would do, and it would still be incomplete because something will come up. But I can be finite and clear about what the results are. And that isn't going to change much. I might change the way we achieve those results, but I'm still achieving the results. I, I, I can achieve um, efficient, consistent results. Jobs come in accurate, complete, and on time. The focus of level two, accurate, complete, and on time. Right crew, mm -hmm. right job right tools, right equipment, right materials, making sure all that's done so that type one work, the crews can show up and run. And because of me, the value I bring is I prevent problems from ever happening is part of the value that level two brings. So focusing on value, the value of every level, what's, what's the value of your people? How can they go about achieving it? It's culture. Culture moves mountains. We have to end there. I mean, look at that statement. Just came out of nowhere. I'm all every blind squirrel finds a nut every now and then. Every now and then. <laughs> well, Andrew, thank you. I hope that for those listeners, um, you know, listening to the episode who have connected to the levels of work series in the past, I feel like I hope this brings you, you know, to the next kind of step in in understanding the importance of it. 
Um, if you haven't listened to Levels of Work, please go back and do so. This discussion will likely hit home a little more, um, a little more so um, if it if it didn't quite, but it's because the Levels of Work, that foundational understanding of what it means is so critical to understanding the, the importance of role clarity and what we're talking about. Um, Andrew, I look forward to our next conversation. Yeah, thank you, Maul. And yeah. shout out to you. Great job with our podcast here. It's it's a ton of fun and very edifying. So great job. It is job. fun. Thank you. Especially when we look back and we can talk about a series that we had a year ago. We have a uh, time, time goes quickly here. Uh, but thank you all. And Andrew, we'll see you next time. Thanks, Maul. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode. Out of the Hourglass is recorded and produced by the team at Nolan Consulting Group, a nationwide business coaching and consulting firm with coaches located throughout the country. Have a question, comment, or idea for future episodes? We'd love to hear from you. Visit our website, www.nolancg.com.